want to thank you for joining us this evening. You're listening to SML Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. Today is January 27, 2022. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m. Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m. And on Thursdays, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, the move of God. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We're bold with the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Listen, we want to talk this evening about, about this life. Just want to touch a little bit on this. You need to be about this life. You know, there are a lot of different lifestyles. And, but what about this life? Before we go any further, you know, want to, in the way of announcements, we have a special um, a special podcast that is going to be presented. And that is going to be focused on the men. A gentleman, that is a dad and also Miss Dad. You know, because there are a lot of single mothers out there that are raising sons and daughters, you know, and so it's not limited. However, I do want to let you know, we're going to deal with some weighty conversations. Uh, we're not going to sugarcoat anything as usual. We do not sugarcoat anything. We're going to deal with topics, you know, and and it's, it's going to be topics that you can call in and discuss. We want to make it. You can call in and, and express your opinion, ask questions, you know, during this particular program, because it's not like this one. Now, we can call in and ask questions even during uh, Bible teaching on Tuesdays and on, on Thursdays, you know, and make comments and different things. But on this particular um, this particular program that we're going to be airing very shortly, um want you to know that your participation and emails are going to be welcome so that we can address those questions biblically um, and certainly uh, using a moral compass, uh, you know, and and so and to help out, to help somebody out. You know, I think my brother and that are going to be on uh, those that are going to be helping uh, have life experience and that life experience, um, you know, speaks volume. And so we're looking forward to that. But tonight we're going to jump into the word of God. And so um, with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love and mercy, Lord God, for watching over and keeping us. Blessing us, Lord God, with a reasonable portion of health. Lord Jesus, we honor you, Lord God, for your presence. We honor you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Lord God, to speak your word, to speak truth. Lord God, to keep the focus on you. Lord, our focus has been on our jobs. And some are waking up to go to work. Others have been there. Some are laying down. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless their sleep to, uh, to be peaceful. Lord, give those bodies rest. Lord, those that are sick in their body that need healing, Lord God, I ask that you would send your word. The medicine that, other, that might be taken, Lord God, that that medicine should do what it was assigned to do and nothing more. 
Lord God, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, we'll continue to give your name the praise, Lord God, and the glory. Ask that you remember the prayer requests that have come in, that you would uh, move into those situations, Lord God, according to thy will. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about this life. Now, we're at the end of the book of Acts. But I want to go back to a subject matter that is dear uh, to my heart, and it should be dear to your heart as well. And that is this life, this life, this life that we live, this life that have so has been so convoluted by so many, uh, you know, and the, the fairy tales that have been told to us, stories that have been presented in such a way to uh, give us a a improper perspective and we need to have a proper perspective of life and what god desires certainly we know that life is a temporary assignment this life is this life is temporary uh, think about how old you are go back and look at your baby pictures you know uh, you see change occurring in yourself daily one week you look in the mirror, the next week you look and say, wow, that wasn't there or, or, or wow, look, that is there. Wow. You know, so uh, it, it just depends, <laughs> it depends on where you are, you know, on the scale, but you should enjoy life and you should enjoy your life with Christ. You know, you have the best life. You, you have the best life. Even there are trials and tribulations that happen and are going to occur in everyone's life. Yes. You know, and certainly our, our prayers are with those where, you know, governments um, are controlling situations and uh, they're not putting, suppressing uh, the, uh, uh, the situations where people are trafficking, controlling and doing such things where they could, uh, but they're fat. They're fattening their own pockets, you know, so our, our hearts uh, go out to that. And if you've ever lived in a situation where maybe you as a child, maybe you dealt with some things, you know, um, it only it only touches the tip of the iceberg of what goes on in a lot of places. Uh, and so. But you still, um, this life, people are dealing with things. But then we come and we're told about Christ. And we're told about salvation. We're told about the love of God. And we're told about uh, that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. You know, uh, it brings about a certain thought and reality in our minds, knowing that one day we are going to leave here. But while we're here, I want to, while we are here, we need to be about this life. And so in this life, I only want to deal with what the, the scriptures, because, because so many ministers have come and said, well, you know, if you, if you praise God and you do, you know, you'll walk out of here and you'll, you'll walk right into uh, fortune. And, and I know that I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but um, they paint such a, but that is not, no, everything has labor involved. And, and so um, that gets into another subject, which is not going to 
I'm not going to be able to deal with that this evening the way I would like to. But I'll say this, that the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And that includes your your natural knowledge where you won't sit down and read a book. You won't uh, learn a trade or different things. Uh, you know, when we read in the scripture about uh, the disciples, and when I say disciples, I'm talking about from the from Genesis to Revelation. They had trades. And we also read about some that did not that did not handle business uh, as they could have. Uh, there is one particular thought that comes to mind where a prophet, uh, he passed. And when he passed, he left his wife with no insurance policy. And they were uh, about to be put out. You know, debt collectors was there and everything. The Bible didn't cover that up. That was a poor business on his side. And so we need to be smart in what we do. So that's on the natural side of things. And so I want to I want to go into talking about this life. And if the Lord say the same, we'll we'll continue more on this at another time. And certainly we're going to talk about this life and and the functions that as a person we should be making and erasing some of the ideologies and some of the different things that uh, have been told to us. You know, as we were growing up, only to grow up and find out it's not true. It didn't have any truth to it. And so we'll be doing that in our um, uh, in our new um, form that we're going to be presenting. Um, and so uh, let's go into uh, into the book of Acts, the second chapter. Now, we're going to conclude the 28th chapter coming up uh, in the next week or so. But this is very dear to me, as I said earlier. The Bible says in the second chapter, beginning at the 21st verse, it says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The most important thing that it is, is salvation. Save. Save out of a situation. Save. Delivered is beyond your control, beyond your your means of ability. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We should not be ashamed to call upon his name. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised, raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also did my flesh, uh, my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see uh, corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of 
life. You made known unto me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. And you know, as read about David speaking about Christ, you know, it reminds me also of Job. Job made a declaration of how um, those skin worms eat up his flesh. He will stand in the presence of the Lord as a whole person. And so Job was a man that was about this life. The Bible said he was one that eschewed evil. He hated it. He despised it. He made a covenant with himself. And obviously his covenant, to, in my mind, let me put it this way, in my mind, from personal experience, in my mind, you can think about your own experience, is that he made a covenant with his eyes that I will not look up on a damsel and desire her. In other words, I'm not going to look at another woman and think about, oh, how nice it would be. Would I have a wife at home. I'm going to keep my covenant and I'm going to be lusting after others. I'm going to appreciate what I have at home. You need to appreciate what you have at home. Uh, gentlemen, uh, you have daughters. If you don't want somebody looking at your daughter as she crossed through the crosswalks on her way to school, uh, you need to make sure that you don't sow something uh, that you will reap later. Mm -hmm. Ladies, same thing for you. Uh, don't sow something that will that you're going to plant a seed and then later is going to spring forth and you're not, and then you're going to want to play victim role. Let's not, no, no. Let's be about this life. David said, thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Now, a lot of times when we talk about David and people want to go to Bathsheba and what he did, which was a horrific crime, it was wrong. However, the Bible gives a test. God testified and said, David uh, was obedient. With the exception of that one thing, God said David was obedient. He was a servant unto the Lord and he, was, he obeyed him in all the ways. So I think the focus should be about how David uh, obeyed the Lord. Uh, he, we can take a lesson from what he did and the result of it, and because he suffered the consequences of his behavior, but David obeyed the Lord. And so David says, thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Now, talking about this life, it's important to understand this life has value. There is a particular value that accompanies the life of the believer. Thou, Lord, hast made known thy ways. Thou shalt make me joyful. In other words, I'm going to be ecstatic. You know, it is hard to try to encourage others to uh, to be about this life and they look at you and everything you say is sorrowful. Your testimony is always, woe is me. You know, I'm going through, I done, you know, the devil is always on my track and trying to turn me, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But no, the focus should not be on the enemy. And we're going to touch that in just a moment here. But it should be joyful. Bible said, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And so if you find people that say they're serving the Lord and they believe in him uh, and they're disciples of Christ and they're not happy, something is wrong. Something is terribly out of sync. 
Thou shalt make me full of joy because of thy presence. So we live, when we're about this life, we live in the presence of the Lord. Knowing that his presence, where, wherever we are, if we have the laundry mat, if we have the gym, if we're on the, on the job and, and school, wherever we are, his presence is there with us. And because his presence is there, it also deters us because we recognize his presence. It deters us from doing certain things or going certain directions, you know, or traveling down certain paths that we that would get us in trouble when we acknowledge him. The Bible said Enoch walked with God. Well, there was a relationship that was going on there. Enoch became, uh, though Enoch was married, Enoch had children. He was about this life, and that life was in fe a fellowship with Christ. Now, lifestyle is a way or a conduct established by society. And, and so the kingdom of God is a society. Uh, culture, the kingdom of God has culture. A group, the kingdom of God is a group of believers or individual. Well, God is the uh, sovereign. Uh, and so uh, the, the lifestyle is established by him. He said, be ye holy for I'm holy. And without holiness, you'll find that in Deuteronomy, you also find in Hebrews. Uh, and without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Uh, the lifestyle is established by behavior. Those that love me will keep my commandments. So you know somebody loves the Lord because they're keeping his commandments. And, and at the time that a person is not keeping those commandments is because they're struggling. They're struggling in that moment and in that struggle. They're not loving God. They're loving something else has their attention. Behavior, interaction is uh, part of the lifestyle and how we treat one another, especially those of the household of faith and uh, activity. You know, we're not wall. Uh, believers are not wallflowers. There's nothing saying that you cannot participate in sports. There's no, you can't participate in a number of things, you know, uh, as people used to believe that you couldn't participate. Pretty much they didn't do nothing. Thank God that, you know, I didn't grow up in that air. And neither are you there. There are a number of things that you can participate in and it doesn't exclude God. And, and so we're about, uh, we should be some of the liveliest people that there is. The Bible said that we're a lively stone because we have hope. We have hope. You know, we have hope. We deal with the situations that come up. And we have hope. That's just natural and normal to deal with situations that arise, uh, you know, to put the fires out, as I say, you know, um, and, and to move on, to keep it moving. We're lively stones, so we're not wallflowers. And common elements, uh, these are just common things to, to name a few. Now, there are the normal expectations and rules of conduct, and we find that throughout the word of God. What is expected of his people? What's expected of his, the body of believers? Now, the Lord began teaching the disciples about his life because they went to him and said, and said teach us to pray like, uh, like John taught his disciples. And there's a lesson within the words that he said. He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgave, forgive our debtors. 
you, you got to, you're going to have to show forgiveness, <laughs> you know, for those that, that just like you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. That's part of the conduct of this lifestyle. And it don't mean that, look, if that dog bites you and put it this way, if that dog bites you, it doesn't mean that you, you, you're going to run up and pet it every time you see it. No, just no, not to go down that street, uh, you know, across the street when you get to that area where that dog lives and keep it moving, but don't hold a grudge against it. It's an animal. Realize it is an animal. It only acted out of what it should be or what it was going to do because of its behavioral pattern. And that's the same thing with people. Forgive them. You ain't got to hang out with them or do anything like that until you, you are sure that they have repented of their deeds, their sins, and, and they want to make amends, but you definitely forgive. Forgive as you have been forgiven. For thine is the kingdom and the power, the glory forever. Amen. Now, he holds them to first acknowledge the ongoing relationship. The relationship is ongoing. We're about this life. It has to, is an ongoing relationship going, that's occurring here. And to invite the culture, invite the rules and regulations into our atmosphere, into our home, into our car, on the job, wherever we are, we should be inviting, Lord, here I am. Lord, be with me. I'm here. Lord God, I know your presence is here with me and where I am at as I abide in your will. And help us to sustain from a sinful nature. Help us, Lord. And now, that's just, a, just keeping it very light as far as dealing with that. And so, you know, there are a few lifestyles that that we look at, you know, TV paints a picture, uh, you know, um, as far as the lifestyles of people, some things we desire and not hating on anybody. You know, there's a lifestyle of the rich and famous. And I only say this because it's well known, you know, and people used to watch that and anything. But, you know, but contrary to some belief, it's not a sin to have anything. Uh, people uh, sometimes say, well, you know, you don't know how they got rich. No, you don't. And it's really not your business. Uh, your business is to take care of yourself. Your business is to uh, handle your own. And because uh, they worked or not, you don't know. Uh, and it's, you need to pay attention. What they there was a song that say, you know, it's six months to uh, to clean my uh, to clean my house, and six months to leave yours alone. Something along those lines. But you understand what I'm saying. There's nothing. There's no nothing contrary with having something. As we read through the scripture, uh, the Bible talks about those that had. They had. Abraham was not a poor man. And neither will so many others, but I'm not, I'm not going to stay there. But uh, but I want you to know, you buy a new car and call it an investment. We're talking about money here, and, you know, uh, and others look at you and they don't call it an investment. And the salesperson certainly uh, got a commission from it. And so, you know, that's why one of the things about putting down a down payment on the car is that down payment goes into the pocket of the seller. And so uh, that's why they want, you know, put down as much as you can and that sort of thing, uh, because that's, that's going into their pocket as well. When you buy a car, it's not an investment, it's a tool. It's a, or it's a toy. 
everything that you get is not uh, doesn't have a purpose to it. Some things it's just because it's eye candy. I want it, so I went and got it, and that's fine. You want to treat yourself, that's fine. You know, but understand that some things depreciate like a car immediately. It does not have a return, does not show dividends. And so we're talking about when you when you talk about making money, uh, you have to consider the fact that does it return a dividend? Uh, you know, um, there was a time where people said, well, you know, uh, buying stocks and bonds and different things is like gambling. You shouldn't do that. But then they turn around and put money in a 401k and they have someone else to do a form. See, so they didn't have a good understanding of what they were talking about. You need to invest. The Bible speaks to us about investments. The Bible speaks to us about being good stewards. And, you know, and so as we talk about this lifestyle, this lifestyle covers the both the natural and the spiritual of what we do. There's a lifestyle that, and I'm not, uh, you know, where uh, people are gang members. It has a certain lifestyle and the area that I grew up in certainly had a lifestyle, you know, and it's something that uh, you could be as a kid, you could hear the sound of a weapon going off and know uh, who has it. Uh, oh, yeah. So and so just just got that, you know, and name the, the type of weapon that they're firing off in the air and different things. Uh, you know, because it became a lifestyle uh, and it's a lifestyle of survival. You know, and one of the things about that, that I taught the taught my children as they was growing up, I said, listen, you don't have to bang. You don't have to join into different situations and, and stuff. I said, but don't don't um, don't be prejudiced against people that do things that you don't believe. Don't mistreat them. You never know when you're going to meet a person again and how the outcome will be is going to be certainly based upon what you did or did not do. I was walking through a school and this is as a, you know, many years ago. And this was when the Lord at first called me and, um, and got my attention and I started going to church. Well, there was a young man that I had met uh, in church and I knew his, his auntie and uh, cousins and stuff. And so I'm in an area um, and I was surrounded by gang members. They didn't know me. And so I was visiting and they did not know me. But this young man recognized me all the way from from Altadena, uh, California, down into uh, the heart of, uh, of Compton. And he recognized me and said, hey, um, I know you and you know my auntie. And he told everybody that was there. He said, don't don't mess with him. And so I survived that evening because I, I know what was about to occur. And I was outnumbered and certainly wasn't going to run from nobody because one, you don't outrun bullets either. And we won't go into the number of times that uh, that I've, I've faced those things. But know that God is a keeper of those that he looks upon us and know the lifestyle that we will follow. Uh, you know, as he said, uh, uh, you know, God is like the man that stands on the mountain and he's able to see it all. And, and he saw something. He saw something in me just like he saw something in you. There is the 
para military and there's the military lifestyle where people join into service and they learn a certain discipline and they become dedicated to that and they live that lifestyle until they retire now maybe you don't know or someone that that uh, that affiliate with any of the things that I've mentioned. Uh, maybe they are, I don't want to say introvert, but they don't socialize, you know, and they uh, they have things, they just doing their own thing. You know, as they say, do you, boo? They doing their own thing. You know, they, they may be involved in whatever they want to be involved in and having fun and enjoying it, uh, but they're not part of a group of anything. And so those are what I would call the non-single denominations. Everything is a denomination. Don't, don't let nobody ever tell you there's a non-denomination. Uh, a non-denomination doesn't have value to it. Everything ha that has value has a denomination that's associated with it. Money. Uh, take the corners off of the dollar bill. It's not worth anything. Uh, tear, tear the $100 bill corners off and see what you get when you go to the bank you know, when you go to spend it rather. And, and so uh, value is value. People become part of a particular lifestyle by, for, or for different reasons, some out of force. You have some people that are part of gangs and different things and, you know, out of force and fear, survival. You go into survival mode that I have to do this in order to survive. Or they're coerced. You know, we get coerced because of promises that are made. Some people were told that if you come, if you about this lifestyle, the lifestyle in the church, that everything is going to be fine. And that is not what the Bible teaches. You know, and that's why we have so many people that are uh, they get in church. I'm going to pray for a job instead of going to school, learning some some vocation, uh, you know, learning how to do something, uh, learning how to pass a test, learning how to pass an interview, whatever job you're going to go for, you need to get with someone to teach you how to pass the interview for that process, whether it's a fireman, whether it's becoming an attorney or whatever, you know, you need to learn how to pass an interview. And, and so, uh, and so uh, those are part of being part of this life, part of this life. It doesn't change because you got saved, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. God is with me and I don't need to learn nothing else. Yes, you do. You do. You do. Now, Adam and God will help you. See, that's the difference is that God will help you. But it takes our focus too. It, we, it requires something of us. And the word of God says to, to, for us all to study. And well, I'm going to study my Bible. You need to pick up a math book. You need to study your history. Learn what, the truth about what is really, really transpired when they got off the boat. Uh, you know, learn what really has happened. And a lot of stuff has been hidden from uh, from our culture. And I'm not talking about just me and my culture. I'm talking about even in within the various cultures of what has occurred. And, and so, uh, listen, Adam made a change to his lifestyle. And remember, Adam, first man, Adam had a garden, perfect climate. Everything was good. Uh, but he changed it and the Lord told him, said, said, look, look, look. Um, he named all the animals and everything. Adam had dominion, told him to take control. And he changed. 
He changed his lifestyle as a result of physical desire. And it went from good to bad, from better to worse. Uh, he lost his home. He lost that perfect climate that he had. And we'll never know what would have occurred if Adam had not uh, disobeyed the Lord. We'll never know and understand what would have uh, have have transpired because it didn't happen. What happened was that Adam uh, took the fruit that is his wife and it wasn't an apple. The Bible didn't say it was an apple and, or anything like that. It just said fruit. He took what he should not have been eating as some of us have done and we know the consequences of our behavior. And, you know, and it didn't get better until we changed our continent, until we changed our behavior and our consequences began to change. Well, Adam didn't have that luxury because he was kicked out of the garden, uh, him and Eve, and, and they had to then labor more than what they would have. Now, understand, I said more. So everything involves labor. In this lifestyle, Adam knew God. Adam still was going to have to labor. His purpose was to keep the garden. His purpose and, and, and was to be fruitful and multiply. There, there's going to be labor involved. It wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be intense labor like what they then had to experience because of selfish gratification. Now, usually when we look at selfish gratification, it identifies uh, a dissatisfaction within oneself and uh, unresolved issues uh, that we're carrying around. What unresolved issue do you have in your heart? And remember, we're talking about being about this life. And when we talk about being about this life, then you have to deal with the unresolved issues. I was praying the other night and I was talking to the Lord about, uh, about being haunted. You know, there are things that you might think about. That man, if I would have made a right turn instead of a left turn, I would have been better off. And so because I didn't make that that right turn, I made a left turn. You know, the results of that uh, followed me for a month. It followed me for a day or two. It followed me for a year because then I had to overcome what the results of turning the wrong, making the wrong decision. And so you want to make sure that that in your decision making that that you deal with, uh, am I making the right decision or is my decision based upon emotions? Is my decision based upon the dissatisfaction that I'm experiencing? What is my decision based off of? Because I want to make sure that I make the right decision because I'm about this life. Now we read this through, through scripture uh, that wrong decisions can be made. Paul, uh, uh, Paul confronted the apostle Peter because when the because Peter was sitting with the Gentiles and when the Gentiles, um, when the Jews came, Peter got up and, and crept over to where the Jews was and left the Gentiles instead of staying with them. And uh, and he was confronted, man. Why are you tripping like that? You know, uh, when the Jews show up, you're going to change, you know, and go sit over there with them instead of staying with the Gentiles whom God has brought about salvation and deliverance just as well. And, and so it was a bad decision on Peter's part. So the Bible don't hide bad decisions. It identifies them. And we need to deal, if we're going to be about this life, we got to be 100 and we got to be 100 with ourselves. Nobody's pointing a finger at nobody. The, the minister's responsibility is to preach 
a remission of sin. And let me tell you, there's something, there blessings are woven within the word of God. And, and so, and so as we obey what God is saying, as we follow what the Lord is saying, then we reap the benefits. Uh, I believe uh, uh, in the psalmist says that, that daily you load us with benefits daily. What benefits did, you know, if we look at, I'm about this life, it's being loaded with benefits. You know, some people have, have their, they have automatic deposits, whether uh, onto bank cards or automatic deposits into their bank account, you know, and, and so uh, there come a certain time that you know that, that there's going to be some, some revenue, there's going to be some benefits that's going to be loaded into your, into your uh, bank card or into your, um, into your bank account. You look forward to that. Well, we should look forward to every day that when we open our eyes, that the Lord has loaded us with benefits. And I want to walk in those benefits, not just a bit. Yeah, I'm breathing. That's a benefit. But there is some this. I believe that there's more to that. That if we will spend our time examining and appreciating the benefits of what we have, it will not uh, take us or we will not be so quick to do other things. Now, Acts 5 and 20 says, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And so John and Peter, they was, they was, the angel allowed them, opened the door of the jail cell and, and gave them this instruction. We're supposed to be talking about this life. And you have options instead of remaining in a state of being, you have another option. And that option is to be about this life. Is to be about this life. Now, some things do change overnight based upon the decision we make. And there are other things that change over time. But know that change will come. But you have to be consistent in what you do. All of us should be consistent. The Lord wanted Peter and John and us to present all the words of this life so people will make a well-informed decision. And that's why we're talking about the word of God. That's why I love uh, this. I'm making a well-informed decision because I know this, that this life exists. I'm about this life. And because I'm about this life, I want you to know about this life. Uh, you know, not to dis about this life. It's not misleading people. By, uh, by making improper use of the name of the Lord or his word, making false promises, changing things. No, it's about the truth. And so I want you to know about this life so that you can be about this life. It's important to understand the value of what you are exposed to. Certainly, certainly your enemy knows and understands the value of this life. Your fight to maintain this lifestyle speaks volumes. Listen, to what I said the fight, the fight in maintaining this lifestyle speaks value about the of how precious it is. It's priceless. Don't let nothing take this life from you. Uh huh. Don't allow nothing. We're going to talk about that nothing shortly here. We're coming to an end of this. You know, if something is worth having. Now, if others can see that what you have is of value and they want to take it from you, why are you going to surrender it with ease? Why are you just going to give in and give it up? Uh, well, anyway, 
I, I, my mind went into so many other areas there. Don't let nothing take this life from you. Do not allow nothing. Now, Matthew 13 and uh, beginning at the 16th verse says, um, but bless are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one hear the word of the kingdom and understand it and not, then cometh the wicked one. Here we go. The wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. Then he, um, this is he who receiveth the seed by the wayside. So there is an enemy that is waiting to steal what you receive, what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've experienced, the testimonies that you have. God delivered me and brought me out of a bad situation, you know, or the Lord blessed me. With, and, you know, so you think about the testimonies that God has given you. And then the enemy wants to come and steal that away from you, steal the glory of God away from you, leave you empty, leave you hurt leave you in despair. How can I lift my head up after I have, because you start to feel the pain of forsaking God by doing what is wrong. And then he started capitalizing on that. But listen, you can would, would, can resist the devil while calling upon the name of the Lord. You can resist, you can fight. I was in a dream, I was having a dream. And in that dream, I, I uh, was talking with someone and some things were starting to transpire that was not in the will of God. And I immediately said, look, I'm, I, I identified myself. I am Pastor Carl. I'm a pastor and I don't act that way. I don't act that way. We're not going down that path. And I woke up and then I realized what had occurred uh, as I had spoke those words. You have control over what is happening in your life. And if you're about this life, you committed to this life. Don't let the wicked one come and take it away from you. Uh-huh. Then the 20 verse says, but he that receiveth the word to see on into stony places, the same as he that hear the word and uh, on on he rejoice in it. They, they, they're glad, they're happy, but they don't have no root. Now you become rooted and grounded in something when you start to dig into it and, and identify and understand it better. So when tribulation and persecution came uh, because of the word, uh, they were offended. And so the enemy will use things to offend you. And I'm not talking about just offending you by that, by someone that's sitting next to you, or offending you by somebody that you know or something, but just using things to offend you and to take this life from you. You don't want to lose this life. He goes on in about the 22nd verse, and he also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that hear the word. And he cared about this world and the dreadfulness of riches. He choked the word and becoming unfruitful. The overwhelming cares, riches choked the word of them. And they left this life for what? They left this life because they allowed the deceitfulness of riches. It looked glamorous. Uh, you know, um, it, it looked great what was being offered to you. As, as one lady told me, that she walked away from a lifestyle of, of, of the, in the church because somebody told her she was eating the same bowl of rice, destroyed the marriage. Um, 
certainly to say that they're not together. Uh, the person that, that told her she was eating the same bowl of rice, um, they can't be found anywhere, you know? And so a whole, a whole world was destroyed, um, and left and has not been the same since then. See, so you have to be careful what you give up. You don't know. There is no guarantee that you're going to get it back and it's going to be the same. This is too valuable to just let anybody take it from you. This is too valuable to just allow uh, the word to be choked out of you, to allow uh, tribulation and persecution to come. And because you go through a little something that I'm just, I'm just going to leave. I'm not going to be about this life anymore instead of fighting for what you have, because if it was not of value, it would not. You would not be dealing with tribulation. You would not be dealing with persecution. You would not be dealing with deceitfulness and uh, so many distractions if it was not of a great value. The 25th verse says, but while men slept, the enemy came and sown tears among the wheat and went his way. You don't want to get caught sleeping. Ignoring the messages uh, and dreams that God give and uh, obviously signs of warning. And you know, because when you get caught sleeping, you get caught. We used to say you don't get caught slipping. Yeah, that's what we used to say. You know, oh, man, he got caught slipping. And, you know, that's how he wind up in that situation or, or she, it doesn't matter. The enemy is going to sneak in. And take advantage. Uh, you need to, uh, you know, and understand something. I certainly understand this, that everybody that got their eyes closed is not sleeping. Everybody that got their eyes open is not awake. Where do you fit in at? You need to be wise and you need to uh, grip this life, hold on to it, and don't allow anyone to take this lifestyle from you. You need to confess it and let people know I'm about this life. When when enemy come to deceive, when he come to choke the word out, when he going to, I'm about this life. It don't matter what happens. I am about this life. This life has a great value to it, and that's why the enemy want to get his hands on it, steal it away from you, because it is of great value. If it was not of great value, nobody would want it, but it is. So be about this life. Be about this life. Be about this life. Don't give up. Be faithful unto the Lord. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Listen, be faithful to God. I, I can't stress that enough. Walk in the spirit of excellence. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, this is a year of Jubilee. And so rejoicing in the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, as you should, as you should, you know, take care of these bodies, take care of yourselves. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go out right now and, and, and finish up my day with a couple of miles and, um, you know, and, and then come back home and, and, and open up a book that I had started reading earlier. Enjoy your life. Love God as he has loved you. Love somebody. Let somebody know it's, it's good to be me. You know, that's that's what I love to say. It's good to be me. Uh, again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 
East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. I hope to see you in service with us soon. Continue to pray for us as I am certainly praying for you. You know, before we close out, if you have not picked a fast day, pick a day to fast on. Call your family together and say, let's consecrate unto the Lord on this day. You know, and, and so, you know, drink water. You know, in our fast, I, I tell the people to drink water. You know, drink plenty of water, stay hydrated, but fast. Consecrate unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. And see what God is will can and will and what he is going to do because you are doing it for him. God bless you.